Yeah. My, my brother is a Juicero owner, by the no, way. No. Oh, oh my God. I've, I've, I've used a Juicero. Um, <laughs> we're all Juicero owners. We're just, yeah, yeah. We have our two hands. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they reinvented basically the Capri Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Do you, so can I describe you as a right-wing intellectual? I don't know if I'd say that. You know yeah. what I mean? What because should I, I describe you as? I mean, just just an intellectual would be fine, I feel. I don't want to... And I and let me explain that. Um, actually, this is good content. Let's, yeah, this um, is good. Let's go with it. Uh, the reason is I'm certainly not a liberal. Let's put it that way. Or I, I don't, I'm not like into liberalism, let's say. Um, I think nowadays, if you're not into liberalism and you're not a communist, you're kind of by default right wing right? and, and I'm not exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah, you must be a Nazi I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not a Nazi um, yeah but, but, <laughs> but I think the real, the real interesting like point right is anarchism because anarchism is like where is it? you can be are you a right winger if you're if you're a Max Stirner style anarchist are you super left wing I don't really know um, I'm going to have to Dennis Miller your references. Okay. Here. I'm going to have to Dennis Miller <laughs> Monday Night mean? Football. Remember when Dennis Miller was on Monday Night Football and like he was dropping all these obscure references and they had to like stop and do like a graphic <laughs> of like Romeo and Juliet, a 14th century play by, that's, you know. That's a deep cut. The Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football. <laughs> I was like, Dennis Miller, was like, that was like the, the comedian? I was yeah. like, okay, all right. Yeah. You don't remember when he was on Monday remember, Night Football? Dude, I'm it was not a. a, a a sportsman myself. I've never been. Okay. It was a huge deep drama for a while. Well, it was only one year that yeah. he got kicked up because it was just like, this is it was just too deep. Why are we <laughs> too many references? Too yeah, much yeah. Power, it was power. like, this was like the Balkan <laughs> Revolution <laughs> in 1965. <laughs> <laughs> the Battle of Lepanto. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows the fuck yeah. you're talking about. This is about. reminiscent of, yeah. Okay, so, uh, yeah. So if you need me to freeze frame and say, yeah. explain anything, the only problem is I'm sure there's like some autist on Wikipedia has me check. He's like, actually, Max Turner really wasn't considered. Like, oh, yeah, I there always that. is. There I don't need that is. kind of heat. Well, if from... we can get, reach him, then we're doing our job. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We, so. we want that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, it'd be uh, interested to know like how how woke your audience is. Like, I don't know what the what the <laughs> the average wokeness. We got a new guy who's been commenting and listening who's in Texas somewhere, and I get the impression he's pretty. I don't know. I, he seems smart, but not overly nerdy i guess you know yeah we have it's a strange group that's in there what? yeah it's some i'd say it's pretty smart but it's not it's not the urban audience it's yeah, not yeah. you i think your audience is probably generally smarter because you're a border <laughs> borderline <laughs> well right but now. you're more like the frog twitter type of guys that, the, that, you know? those are the people that i think are the most that I I find interesting on the internet. Me too. I agree. I agree. Um, I think those guys are the yeah. coolest guys around. And and I definitely think <laughs> really? that's an interesting. <laughs> They're the cool guys <laughs> They're the cool around. Guys. <laughs> but I don't. But I mean, honestly, this is something that I don't really. So I would I would say intellectually, I'm interested in like fringeism in general, right? Um, so that means that I and it's funny because the frog Twitter stuff they do interact with like weird pseudo anarchist kind of people. They don't they don't like interact with like whole foods socialists very much, but there is some crossover. There's crossover to the yeah. so-called dirt bag yeah. left. Yeah. Which right? I've never actually engaged with. Engaged. So I don't, I don't so know. So they have this podcast. Like the dirt bag left is sort of represented by this podcast called Chapo Trap. Which I've which heard about, but I've saying. not. Yeah. 
And okay, so let's back up here just to define things for people who maybe don't understand what the hell we're talking about. Frog Twitter is a group of people on Twitter who they all kind of have frogs in their avatars and they all sort of subscribe. Pepe the Frogs. Pepe the Frogs, yes. And they all sort of subscribe to this one general group of ideas that's very, you know, any attempt to actually nail it down is going to be hated on by, as you said, some autists who says, no, that's not what it is. But there is something that holds them together. And the way that I describe it, as much as maybe this isn't true, is right-wing intellectualism. And it's modern right-wing intellectualism. And that is a group of ideas that kind of runs the gambit from... The red pill, the more intellectual side of the red pill, yeah. uh, you know, the misandry bubble type yeah. articles, these sort of gender ideas, uh, traditionalism, I would say, on the gender side, right? Um, through ideas like Curtis Yarvin, Mencius, Moldbug's uh, Letter to an Open-Minded Progressive, which is essentially neo-monarchism. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the... Another word for this whole movement is neo-reactionaryism, which basically means reaction to the dominance of liberalism in our culture. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. that's sort of right. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good. It encompasses the 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 B crowd too, right? The yeah, uh, okay, so yes, the, the, a lot of four chan, and there oh. are a lot of <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, okay. and there are a lot of fascist Nazis. Oh yeah, I mean, I, well, I wasn't I, saying yeah. that people four chan are necessarily, no, they're, yeah. but they're, they're also. Not. I have a like, I have a friend who uses. Pepe is his avatar, and he's not into right-wing intellectualism. He's just into the vibe of of, of Kekistan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kekistan. No, but yeah. absolutely, and I think that's why. I mean, there's a lot of discussion about this, but it seems like the no matter how much, and this kind of brings us probably to our our, our man JP. Um, no matter how much people on the left would like to be the constant counterculture they're not i think we all know that that is not the counterculture right so any true anyone who's like basically a contrarian even no matter how deep they are right they're gonna gravitate towards kind of the pepe frog twitter type thing and i think one of the interesting things about frog twitter that i don't think you mentioned was um i would say techno skepticism yes Uh, just generally in generally and i think that's where i really resonate i agree uh and that's kind of the crux of a lot of my ideas come out of environmentalism because I'm, I think in general, that's a thing that liberalism, liberal democracy has not done very well with, with protecting the environment. Um, and so, and a lot of that has to do with technology, et cetera. And so I think frog Twitter is really deep into that as very well. much. so, And that is kind of one of the ways in which it lends the lie to the idea that all right wing people are like are crazy, crazy and well, and that's the anti rainforest. Yeah. You know? Sure. Well, and that's a really interesting thing and something that I'm extremely drawn to in this frog Twitter world. If you want to read a little bit of a digest, I have an article on Medium called "Raining Frogs." It's been called the authoritative <laughs> <article> <laughs> on frog, <laughs> frog Twitter by frog Twitter people. Yeah, it? yeah, and so you, that gives you kind of a good framework. And it, some of Men Aquinone, who's a hero of frog. Twitter. Some of his tweets do a really good job of articulating this anti-techno vibe, which is also a lot what Urbit, yeah. which was another subsequent article. Yeah. Who, uh, okay. Urbit <laughs> is a company started by Curtis Yarvin. Yeah. Curtis Yarvin is a legendary internet figure who used to write under the name Mencius Moldbug. Right. And his ideas are just absolutely fascinating. 
Um, as I say, reading his writing, though, is like wrestling an alligator because it's just so hard to digest. But yes. you can do it if you if you try. He started a company that kind of is trying to disrupt the... Sorry to use that word. Uh, <laughs> Lose points. Yeah. Um, Instant demerits. The, the sort of rampant, blind, neoliberal, globalist way in which the techno world works right now. Yeah. And yeah, the coolest thing about Frog Twitter is that they're super anti-globalist and their their critique of the technological sphere is fucking fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's really something worth uh, worth looking into. And and Curtis Yarvin uh, is one of their heroes. And the way Urbit works is you do a good job of explaining it. And I just want to reiterate that. So Urbit, I, every time I hear it, it's. Sounds like a great idea. Well, Urbit, so Urbit, there's been a million uh, attempts at decentralizing the internet, right? And I think if we're looking at the world as a whole, the entire globalist, anti-globalist argument is fundamentally based on centralization versus decentralization of power. Absolutely. So the internet, like the world increasingly, is completely centralized. You have these... Five or six huge servers that you essentially spend all of your time on. Facebook, Twitter, Amazon. And that's one central place and you just revolve around that central place and they can do whatever the fuck they want to you. Yeah. They own everything. I can't remove my information from the hands of Zuckerberg. He owns that shit. Yeah. You know, I can I can leave Facebook, but you can't delete. I can't yeah. delete anything. He he has all the pictures I've ever put on there and he can just do whatever the fuck he wants with them forever. So the way that Urbit works is essentially building a network on top of the current internet that will make, instead of the you being an IP address that revolves around a server, you will be a server yourself and everybody will revolve around each other, more right. like real life. And there will be planets and stars, et cetera, et cetera, uh, that are also individual users. So right. there will not be any sort of corporate owned blah, 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 where everybody has an account here and an account there and blah, blah, blah. It will all be, you will be in the driver's seat all the time. So for instance, let's say you write an article and it's, it lives on your server. Uh, nobody can serve ads on top of that. No, nobody, nobody can do anything your, that you don't want. To your do. location that people would come to exactly. and they could opt to purchase Precisely. it and then it would go to their yeah, uh, and then once space. they capture your data, once they've captured what you have produced, it's theirs. Right. Just like in real life. When I go buy a book, it's mine. Yeah. Whereas now, when I buy a Amazon book, yeah. it's not mine. Yeah. I'm just getting a copy of something that they can pull back or do yeah. whatever they want yeah, they to. Pull yeah. It. Yeah. And, yeah. And so one way to think about this that I've uh, I think is interesting is like access versus control. And I don't right. want to go too deep down the orbit. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hole, which it is. It is deep. Um, but essentially, you have access to a lot of data right now, and you don't control that data. Right. Right. So you, you have access to your Facebook data, but you don't control that Correct. data. Zuckerberg, who I'm assuming just has a big command center, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. but he can do stuff to your data that you can't do to your own data. Yeah. So that's like the, the essence of access versus control. So, I mean, just like, you know, not to get too too deep here, but it's like, you know, your ultimate freedom is to kill yourself, right? I mean, you cannot kill yourself digitally. That's right? true. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's it's like, true. that's yeah. like, you want to get philosophical about the whole thing. Um, and so that would be the ultimate right, is just to delete your entire presence on the internet, and you can't do that right now. Yeah. Which is crazy. And, and, yeah. and an interesting thing to, to note also, in terms of what you talked about, like the, the parallels between sort of 
globalist neoliberalism and and tech, which is like I think tech versus technology is like an interesting way to think about it because tech is like Wired.com, yeah, like, you know, <laughs> Gizmodo and you know Juicero and all that stuff is Juicero. My brother is a Juicero owner, by the no, way. No, oh I'm my god, I've, I've, I've used a Juicero. Um, <laughs> we're all Juicero owners. Just, just yeah, 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 we have our two hands. <laughs> yeah, I mean they reinvented basically the Capri Sun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but but. One interesting question is like, you look at, you read like William Gibson, you read uh, Neil Stevenson, like, you know, Neuromancer, yeah. Snow Crash, yeah, that sure. kind of stuff. And you're like, why didn't we get, why wasn't there like a revolutionary difference in society after the internet? Why didn't it cause all of these things that we assume that it would cause? We in fact basically just have the internet run well, like by the what? US government and using it as part of its surveillance state, right? Sure. We didn't at all disrupt anything, right? Yeah. And part of the reason is because it went this centralized route, you know? And so I don't want to, you know, say... Well, wait, well, what would Gibson, for example, say that we would disrupt? Like, what, what's his vision? Well, I mean, I think that all all of those visions of the future, the, the, the nation state is like a totally just passe idea, right? Um but yet we seem to be living in a total triumph of the nation state um, or like the global state almost, right? Um, and so we didn't really get rid of that at all. Uh, and I think part of the reason was it ended up, the internet didn't end up the way we thought it was going to end up. And so Urbit really is at its heart a, an attempt to kind of like reboot the whole idea of the internet and keep it a peer-to-peer -peer system where you don't have these, and it's it is semi centralized in that there is a little bit of a hierarchy, but it's it's an attempt to redo that whole thing and see if we can maybe do it right the first time. Well, it's centralized in its mechanism. It's not centralized in its ownership. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a, it, it has because there has to be some well, for networking to level work, there has exactly. To be some yeah, community. but it, but that's built into the way that the planetary system works with itself. So yeah. it's it's it actually you know it could work. Anyway, this is Anthony Arroyo. I don't I, think we even <laughs> said your name. <laughs> Who uh, is not a right wing intellectual? Not a but right is a a not right wing intellectual. <laughs> Extraordinarily well-read human being who has very radical and interesting ideas. And, uh, you know, we're both sort of connected to this Urbit situation. And I think we're all kind of fighting for the same thing, more or less. Yeah. I mean, figuring I've out what become... That is. <laughs> it's figuring out how to, what it is and how to articulate it is, yeah. is a different story. Um, you know, I have become... I have gone from somebody who used to call himself a socialist because I, again, I was, as you put so well contrarianism in this day and age, I feel like you can't really be a contrarian without stepping into the right wing. Uh, yeah, you I know, know because it's just the, the, the media message is so overwhelmingly liberal that it's very hard to, if you're going to be a rebel in any way, it's like you got to kind of flirt into the right wing world. And I have slowly but surely over the past couple years basically gone from somebody who called himself, you know, a Marxist to somebody who basically calls himself a right wing radical. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is fucking weird. But <laughs> uh Your past you could see Yeah, that. but really it's just the more I've read, yeah. you know, I read I hadn't but in the beginning of that I'd read the Communist Manifesto, but I hadn't read Nietzsche. You know, I hadn't read Moldbug, you know, which just completely blew my yeah, mind, yeah. you know. I hadn't read any of those sort of big 
you know, the United 93 election was another big article yeah, that was yeah, very yeah. cool. And what was the article um, by, he's, we talked about him a little bit. He's, he wrote basically one article it was about the book about the 1960s and all oh, the stuff we oh, didn't know. Oh, it was the Days of Rage. Yeah, yeah. Days of Rage. Yeah, and yeah I yeah. forget. It was basically a review of this book, Days of Rage. Have you heard of this book? Yes. Okay. Yeah. By um, you. Yeah, yeah. And that article was just blew my mind because it's true. Like, there's all these... Basically, the crux of that article is think about the 20th century. Who are really the winners and the losers here? You have people like... Uh, Kaczynski, who also was a major influence. I mean, his manifesto, that was one of the first things I read on this journey to being right. He's uh, a very frog Twitter. Yeah, thing. yeah, he's a huge frog Twitter. And he's super environmental also. Yeah. Um, well, there is a long, you know, I grew up in Arizona, and there is, that's kind of the ignored part of, you know, the right wing, mm-hmm. is I grew up around a lot of, you know, right-wingy people who were super into the environment because they would go out and they'd go hunting or they'd go out and they'd, they'd do camping. You know, in my Boy Scout troop, uh, I was surrounded by those people. And that's, yeah. not, that's not well represented at all when people talk yeah. about, you know, the, the right. is this, this desire to, to preserve the environment and to, and to work within its yeah. Uh, presence. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think part of that... Uh, and I don't want to step on what you were going to say, but I'm going to... No, go, go, um, go. Yeah, please. So part of that is just what does what does right-wing mean in the United States? Right. Right. And so we live in a very bizarre country in that our quote-unquote right-wing is left of historical everything, essentially, right? Because we're a, com- a country founded by liberals, essentially, yeah. by people who were influenced by the ideas of freedom and you know fraternité, égalité, equality. Yeah. Um, so even our conservatives are actually liberals yeah. when it comes down to it. So when someone says right wing now, especially someone who doesn't, who uses that as a slur, right? right they, what they mean is like kind of neoconservatism, essentially, which I hate unequivocally yeah, yeah. probably more <laughs> yeah. than most left wing people. Um, yeah. And what that is, is sort of like slavish, like love of capitalism. Um, the, I mean, you know, the things we all, there are people that, think that right these kind of weird hypocritical christian puritanical shit the shit that you hate exactly so much which i hate too you know it's kind of like you know we traditional gender roles but oh we're all secretly you know gay yeah exactly yeah 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 yeah. just the the blatant hypocrisy of being like we're pro-freedom except we want to tell you who you can marry and shit yeah Yeah. Yeah. which i think for people who are right-wing not conservatives yes it pisses us off as much as it pisses off the left, right? Right, because that's clearly wrong, yeah. and it's clearly um, it's clearly not addressing the, the fundamental problems of liberalism, which I think we all think that we all know something's wrong, yeah. right? What's to do about it is the real question. So, kind of the big psyop of the 20th century uh, was basically saying, if you're opposed to liberalism, to liberal capitalism, then you must be a communist, yeah. and that's basically the only two options you were given, yeah. right? And so. Being right wing just means like realizing there's a million other options actually that are not those two things. Sure. Um, so I don't know. That's that's one way to think about it. Yeah. As you're saying. No, I I think that's a great way to put it. Um, so before we get into Jordan Peterson, which is kind of what I want to talk about now because he's just become an overnight sensation. It seems like. Um, you were up at Urban. I was. Can we talk about that? Yeah. yeah. So you visited Urban. <laughs> the, the HQ. The, yeah, Urban the HQ. HQ. What was that um, 
it was great. It was really great. So I went up just for the meetup, uh, just yeah. to kind of see. I mean, because it's a very, for those people who haven't been involved in this, it's very like you feel like you're at the beginning of something. Yeah. In that most of these people, one of the quirks of Urbit, there's a lot of quirks about Urbit, but one of the quirks is that everyone has these fanciful handles that are given to you by the system. Yeah. So this is one of the main ideas is a persistent identity. Yeah. But it's, you're sort of dubbed with this. Like you don't actually get to choose it, right? What do you, so who gives those the handles out? The system just generates them. It's a randomly generated yeah, thing. Yeah, so, and, so the, and they have to be like, uh, th- there's a pattern to them. So they're all like consonant, vowel, consonant, so it's it's pronounceable. It's, actually, it. it's not just like oh, oh yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Um, so it's like Binzod Libsut. Like, that doesn't sound like a like an elf. Or yeah, yeah. Uh, so all these people that I knew as you know Robbed at Paltech and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I got to meet them. You know, so it was it was it's cool in that way. Um, so you, I mean, because I think you you really put your finger on it in your article about how a lot of the, a lot of the problems of the internet now and I use the internet kind of in this expansive way, right? But is anonymity, essentially. Um, and so trying to bring the benefits of real-world interaction, interaction into the internet is one of the main uh, goals of Urban. So it was cool on that level to meet the people. And I, I've, I've met Galen and, and Curtis before. So it was cool, but it was cool to see where they work also. It's very, it's very, uh, it's actually very LA. I, I found the vibe to be very LA. It's just their space, you know? Mm. It's like very... They have a whole bunch of fig trees, a whole bunch of courtesy type books. And yeah. just like, no, like no furniture. I'm like, this is my kind of spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was cool. So we basically just talked about really, you know, the technical side of stuff for the most part. Um, and then uh, we, so we did a few presentations, did a little talk on sort of what's coming up next. Cause I mean, we, I think the the project needs to be pushed out to the wider public. I mean, we're still kind of, all waiting to see what that first normie version of Urbit is going to sure, look like. Yep. Um, and so we talked about that a little bit. And then we also talked about, it's cool to meet with people who all kind of assume that Urbit's going to work and sort of, you can talk about the next level stuff. Like actually, how do we make money on this? Like, how do you have commerce on this? How do you deal with governance type stuff? You know, it's like stuff that is, be, it's like, we all assume that it's going to work. Whereas when you talk to people outside the community, sometimes you're like, trying to convince them that it's first explain it what it is second convince them it's not a terrible idea and then you don't have even have time to talk about the the sort of revolutionary potential of it yeah um so that was really cool to to get to meet those people and it's it's also cool just to see the kinds of people that are involved yeah now. so who are what kind of people is um I, it's funny curtis made this point to me uh once that he he said Basically, there's like this big hole of like 30 year old. There's no 30 year old. It's like mm. either young people or old people. Really? Um, and part of that is because old people kind of were around when the internet started. Yeah, they're and like kind the of Usenet. Like, yeah, they're like Usenet yeah. people. And they're like, why didn't this become what I wanted it to yeah. be? Yeah. Right? And kind of embrace the idea of remembering what it could have been like yeah. and trying again. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm assuming 30 year olds are just trying to like, I don't know. They're trying to do like market their multi-level marketing scheme yeah, on, yeah. On, on, on Nick Yak or something. I don't know what they're yeah. doing. You know, they like use the internet. You yeah. Know? Um, and then young people, they're you know, young people are young. They're like willing to see the radical potential of things. Yeah. And I think are more amenable to that idea of like you could be using a platform that was built in your lifetime. <laughs> it's not like some like weird relic of like a weird military program, which That's is what ancient times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. And you see that. You see like a really wide range of people that are there. Uh, 
That's cool. So it's, it's very cool. And all very intelligent. Very smart people. Leans on that side. Yeah, I'm sure. That's what I've been so shocked in dealing with some of these frog Twitter guys. And I met another guy that was sort of like this. There's this whole crop of young, hyper-intelligent. Another kind of weird thing about the frog Twitter dudes is they're not really nerds in the traditional sense that they're like neck beards. Yeah. They're like they're like in great shape. Yeah. Oh, like, there's, yeah, a, there's, they, a, big they're, there's a big like health, working yeah. out health thing from yeah. these dudes. And some of these guys are so talented it's like it's shocking like they're so smart yeah that you're kind of just blown away and i met one of these dudes in person the other the other day and this guy was like the perfect human <laughs> he was like in perfect shape and he like, was like yeah yeah he was like in perfect shape and he had read and knew Everything about everything. Yeah. And there's this kind of crop of like hyper ultra talented young dudes who I think feel. Okay. So this is maybe a little bit of a stretch and you'll have to tell me what you think of this, Charles, but <laughs> he's like lizards from outer space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trans it's not good elites. when Isaac starts Trans off with, with this. Yeah. <laughs> it's never good. Um, uh, so uh, the, Our culture right now loves victimhood. I think that that's pretty fair, sure. right? We, we, you know, little girls, who do, they identify, who do they identify with now? They identify with the sick, terminally ill girl in the, you know, Nicholas Sparks book. That's their, like, identifier because they want to be, like, they, they yearn Someday to be terminally can, ill. Yeah. Which book? You know what I'm saying. Like, these, you know, there's another one of these movies coming out where it's like, oh, terminally ill girl meets hot guy that still likes her even and though then she's going to die in, in six weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like there's a weird fucked up reason why little girls are identifying yeah. with the terminally yeah. ill. It's not Amelia Earhart. You know, it's, you it's know? kind of like the opposite of Hitler youth Nazism. It's like, <laughs> we're not special and pure and strong. We are, like, so weak. Well, I mean, you know? there's that, but there's also the general, you know... Uh, love that uh, is not going to happen too. Like that's part of the appeal the of the story. The, un- yes. well, the, yeah. the impossibility Impossible of love. love. Okay. Yeah. Uh, fair, there, but still. I, anyway, it's not in my, in my perception, sure, say what you will, <laughs> but in my perception, we are obsessed with victimhood. In the workplace, as they say, HR is blue pill, right? And, and I think that that's a great, that's very true. You know, I mean, I, I've never met an HR person in my life that is not completely left and very mainstream yeah. and you know they it's a social worker mindset it, I think, it, to try to do that. yeah you you are somebody whose basically job is to weed out anybody that doesn't fit in <laughs> you know what i mean and that's fine <laughs> that's you know true, they, you need to have that right so i think there's this whole crop of young men who are so smart and so talented that they kind of get weeded out because they're terrifying. You know, I think the HR people of the world look at these guys and they're like, I can't have that. I can't. This is like, guys abs are too good. Yeah. Like this is insane. (laughs) This guy's so smart and good looking and in great shape. Like, it's too much yeah, for yeah. for this company. We're, yeah, workplaces know? don't like nonconformity. Yeah, or they, they don't like they, they don't like the tall trees. Really, but I mean, you to, know? The, to like, their credit, that. though, like that's it. I mean, not their credit, but it's it doesn't take like a conspiracy to to 
to get this, right? Yeah. Like for any industrial process, you want as much uniformity as possible. Yeah, you want yeah. cogs. Exactly. And you want people exactly. that you understand exactly. and know exactly. how, to, and who are less bright than yeah. you are, oh, really. You know, that you can put in a box very easily. And I feel like a lot of these guys are just kind of, they're out on their own. And I think they're alienated from a lot of institutions because they're a little bit too bright. You know, they shine a little too bright. And so uh, they feel very alone, you know? Yeah. And this guy that I just met, this 20-year-old dude, uh, was so like that. And I could feel that he was like so used to just getting sort of pushed out of things yeah, yeah. because he was too... Yeah. talented really yeah. you know yeah. i mean I, I was i was a teacher at one point one phase in my life and um you know people who are smart and are not down like it's just a pain <laughs> it's like it's like you know it's like you're totally just like just shut up like, yeah, I, yeah. I, and, I mean, <laughs> yeah and that's a very real thing as someone who was that person right and still yeah. kind of am that person like it's it's a pain yeah and yeah so I, I mean like i said like all this stuff there's a logic to it that doesn't need like someone to, you know what i mean like you don't need I think when you say when certainly when I think stuff like this, you know, we get the idea that you need some like puppet master like Zucks trying to keep us all. Yeah, yeah. Like, not really, right? It's like this is just organizational, you know, the reality emergent organizational principles that just come out of how you put people together. You end up wanting conformity. You want this kind of stuff, and so I think you're totally right. I mean, I think that like alienation is at the core of a lot of this stuff. Clearly. Um, so I mean, it's it's interesting to 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 think about that. The yeah. HR as the the generator of the backlash of the backlash. I think it is because I mean, there's just so much rejection. I yeah. think that people who are in that vein just face so much rejection. You know, I think a lot of it, and this might also, I th I think what has to do with it, especially from an intellectual point of view, like workplace. I don't really know that much. Um, uh, because I don't have a job. No, I'm just <laughs> 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 no, no, because like I've just never encountered these issues really. Um, but. One of the things intellectually is intellectual history. The 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 way that the left and I, it's funny because I I feel like I also used to identify as a socialist and a whatever. Mostly because I I have always felt like there was a problem with basically our society. Yeah. And what are we going to do about it? And the only answer from our intellectual sort of scions is well, communism. That's right? the, that's how you. That's the appropriate way to be a exactly, radical. Exactly. Yeah, that yeah. is the sort of approved way of doing this. Is you can yeah. read some Foucault. You know, you can like talk about post-colonialism. Yeah. And you, those are the ways those that are open to you. Right? Yeah. And I think that we don't live probably because of the internet, you know, people have access to all this other data or just information. And like, once you see that you haven't been given the full story, even if you're just curious, like I, I was just curious. I'm like, well, you know, what, what do these people have to say? You know, um, like I was saying, we were talking earlier, Max Stirner, who's this anarchist that I think is very interesting. Like the only thing people know about him is that Marx hated him. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like no one has read the Max Stirner himself. They just hear about how much Marx hates him. You yeah. know? And if you're kind of a, you know, contrarian dick, you know, you're like, well, what about Max? Like Max Stirner certainly had some point, you know, and that's, I think, so it feeds this kind of thing and then it gets, it's stronger because they try to hide it, yeah. which I think is really what you're seeing in a lot of these people yeah. is it's, you end up being, and I, I, as a side note, think that might be kind of bad. You know, like I get told a lot, it's like, I'm a contrarian just because something like maybe, maybe rollerblading just sucks. Like maybe it's not like secretly cool and has been repressed. Like maybe some things just are, are wrong because they're wrong, you know? <laughs> 
that doesn't mean that you know. It doesn't mean that it's, they've been hiding the secret knowledge. You know? <laughs> the, the forbidden knowledge yeah. thing, and the forbidden we, knowledge isn't by its necessarily very good. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's something all of us on this side <laughs> of things a, struggle yeah, with because yeah. it's like, okay, oh, we all love Kaczynski because yeah. it's super forbidden. <laughs> exactly. But the thing is, there really is something there in Kaczynski. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, you know, and, and so it's, it was definitely the worst. The worst idea was who, I mean, and, and like I said, I don't think this is an idea. I think this is just an organizational principle was the idea to try to basically just edit out all non-left-wing thought and historical Because then it out. makes it so much more Because powerful. it's so much worse yeah, when it comes yeah, back. It's and really I think that, true. like, I think that the intelligent thing to do would have been like, here's why Max Turner's wrong. Here's why, you know, Mussolini was wrong. Not just like, he's an evil villain, you know, he's like that, the octopus chick from, uh, uh, Little Mermaid. That's like, which I, which I, which I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's like some, there's, he's wrong for this reason, you know? And I think they kind of opted out of that and it ends up creating a worse backlash, yeah. you know? And it's going to get, I mean, worse depending on what, you know, how you feel about it. But yeah. it's going to get stronger, certainly. Well, and then the backbone of our entire morality becomes... Nazi, right? I mean, that's that's the ultimate. <laughs> Nazi, yes or no? This is why we, yeah, this is why we keep running up against yeah. that. It's Which not because people are idiots. Yeah. It's just because since there has never really been developed any moral framework in which to repudiate some of these right wing ideas, yeah. it just becomes they're wrong because they're Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's it is forbidden. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because they're they're, they're, oh, because they're Nazis. Why are Nazis wrong? Oh, what? You can't ask that but question. It's, it's you know. Yeah. Because like there are there are plenty of. I mean, this is we talked about this earlier. It's like I would really love it if someone were like, you know, Richard Spencer is wrong for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, and it's these not are just why. Like just you know, because like he's a Nazi and him, he's yeah. wrong. Yeah, like you know, there's plenty of reasons to repudiate all this stuff. I I would never say that it's all above reproach. You know. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of it's really really wrong. Um. But it should be addressed head on. Yeah. It shouldn't just be sort of like moralized away. And I think that just doesn't work. You know, I, 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 and we're living with that kind of backlash now. Sit down. Sit down.